disclaimer. There's a suicide at the end of this story. This is a long story. My stalker lasted over several years, and it's taken me a few years to really get going with my life after this. At the time, I was in my mid to late 20s. I would say I was an average looking female, at least in my opinion. I'm also a little bit on the chubby side. I had worked in retail for over 10 years. My last retail jobs were for two clothing stores and a baby store. Yes, I was working three part-time jobs in a small city, largest in the state. At the time, hardly anyone was hiring for full-time because they didn't want to pay for benefits and whatnot. My first job was at one of the two clothing stores in an outdoor mall. One day, an older guy walked into the store. Not knowing his name, he'll be known as Bob. Bob was roughly in his early to mid-40s. He was balding on top with quite a few age spots. Bob had bad posture with an ill-fitted suit. The ill-fitted suit made him look bigger around his midsection. He also had some yellowing teeth with a black spot on a couple of the front teeth. Bob came into the store and just looked around really. I was working in the kids section of the clothing store. Bob stopped in front of me after browsing the store. I was refolding the shirts. He tried to get a look in my face before proceeding to ask for help. This happens quite often to me when working on the sales floor. I was anticipating answering the normal questions about the clothes which I normally get. For example, my child is 8 years old, how would this fit them? Why are these clothes so expensive? They're cheaper at Walmart, and of course, do you know how many kids I have? Do you have a multiple children discount? Yeah, every day wanting to tell people off who ask questions like this. In this case, Bob wanted to know how to pronounce my name and my name tag. Do I have a boyfriend? How old am I? And what days will I be working at this store? This does happen sometimes, and I would usually have an answer to distract away from these questions. But this time it was different. His smile was off. He leaned in with every question, and the musky smell that reeked off of him would put you into a daze. I was stunned, and I probably had a weird look on my face. That's when my coworkers noticed that something was off about me. When they saw me in distress, they came over to get me away from the situation. My coworkers knew, but not Bob. One of my coworkers came and told me to go to the back, that the manager needed me. My walkie must be dead, so I should go change it out. And she told me she would assist the customer for now. So I left and I went to the back. I approached the manager in her office and I had to let her know what had happened. She closely watched Bob and the cameras in the office. In the meantime, I was working some back stock in the back. From here, my manager told me to let her know if I see him in the store again. She was willing to help me at all costs. Following this first encounter came many more. Since I worked part-time for this store, I had no regular schedule. I was just scheduled whenever I was needed. Sometimes early morning or even closing. Since Bob didn't get his answers the first time, 
In his mind, he had to try more. Bobby kept coming in and requesting to see me. As part of the policies, we couldn't give out the other employees' schedules. When I would be working there was also a heads up from another co-worker. They gave me time to go to the back, just in time. When Bob leaves, I get the okay to go back to the front. Upper management found out, and they had changed my hours to restocking, which was fine with me. So I was working back stock and regular stock when the trucks came in, two times a week. I didn't have to deal with rude customers. The only setback was that work had started at 4am, and I had to be there before the truck to help unload. Because I could only work these hours, I didn't really make much. This is where the second job comes in. I got a job at a baby store, which was a five minute drive via the freeway. I had to learn all the products available in the store. I had started this job, and I had only been here for about three to four months now. I was mostly assigned to the clothing and accessories section. I never got to start the registers yet. One day I left my first job late. I was usually out by 10 a.m., and I had started my next shift at my second job by 11 a.m. Yes, I would normally have plenty of time to get to job two and be changed into the uniform that was required. On this particular day, the truck was late though by 30 minutes, and because this batch was a new collection, which usually changes by season, I had ran late by one hour. I called in late to my second job. After finishing my shift from the first job, I called my second job in the parking lot on my way to my car. Like a fool, I never really got to look around the parking lot. I was just way too focused on getting to my other shift. At this time, without knowing, Bob was in the parking lot, sitting in his vehicle. Because I only saw Bob in the store, I had no idea at the time what he drove. I was also parked in the back of the store. That's where we were permitted to park. This was a spillover lot. After getting to my car was when I then realized that I forgot to change into my uniform. The uniform was sitting in the back of my car. I figured it would be too much of a hassle to go back inside and change, so I decided to change in my car. Because of me being in marching band in high school, I was able to change in my car without flashing people. I changed from casual dress into my uniform for the baby store. I got to my second job and clocked in. The break room and offices are located upstairs. I had just come down from the break room. The door to the break room is located in the front near the bathrooms and the changing and breastfeeding area. The room is designated for breastfeeding mothers and people who needed to change their babies. As I opened the door and stepped out of the doorway so the door could lock, Bob had just appeared from around the corner standing at the doorway with a huge smile while the stale smell of cheap cigarettes wafted from him. My heart sank and all of the blood felt like it left my body. My mind started to race with questions. How did he know I worked here? Why was he here? And he wears a suit all the time. Does he have a job? Why is he bothering me? I stood there paralyzed with a shocked look on my face. A look that brought a lot of joy to Bob's face. All of this was interrupted by a lady who had tried to squeeze behind him with her stroller. She had left the changing slash feeding room. 
This lady didn't say excuse me or try to get any of our attention so we could move. She just acted like her Buick of a stroller could fit anywhere. The stroller had knocked Bob forward and he had quickly put his arm out to catch himself on the doorway above my shoulder. He smiled some more. Those couple of seconds felt like hours of awkward silence. I was still terrified on how to react. The silence was then broken by one of the managers. She had just come under the shift and down the stairs. The door swung open and accidentally clips Bob's elbow. When he snapped back his arm, I kind of flinched. To the manager's eyes, it looks like the disheveled man just hit one of her employees. Bob scrambles to compose himself, stunned by my manager. She immediately asks if I'm okay. Still standing with a shocked look on my face, she takes me away from this guy. Before we could get two steps away from Bob, he had then choked out a, Hey, wait, she was helping me. My manager then asked what he was needing help with. He wasn't quick with a response, so the manager told him to come over with any questions he may have. She pulled me behind the register to talk to me. I then explained how Bob had stalked me in my first job. I'd let her know that my first job had already filed police reports about this man. Then I'd tried to file a harassment and stalking report with the police, but as usual, the police stated nothing can be done. From this day forward, my manager and upper management were aware of the situation and they also kept security in the loop. We were in the small plaza Security was mainly for the two bigger stores, which was the baby store I work at and a bed, bath, and beyond. The new rule that was implemented was for me to be escorted to my car by any employee available if security was unavailable. For my first job, security had to escort me through the outdoor mall to my car, and if security wasn't available, then a male employee escorted me. Most of the time it was security though, and yes, There were rumors on both jobs about why I needed security. Just like my first job, my second started to randomly schedule me during odd shifts. I still had many more hours than my first job though, but not enough to total a full-time job. Shortly after getting my second job, I got my third, another high-end clothing brand. This time it was a 20 to 30 minute drive via freeway. I worked at the mall on the other end of the city. I was able to settle in quite nicely. Things have started to look up from here. By now, it's been a few weeks into the new job, and no new sightings from Bob. I was so happy that it was ending, that he had finally lost interest. But before I could celebrate, while sitting in traffic, going from job one to job three, I then saw Bob waving to me from the next car over, stuck in stop traffic. He was there, staring and smiling. All I could think of is an expletive word. But before I could say it, the man had the gall to wave to me. Like if we were best friends in the past or something that had lost connection over the years. After another moment of feeling petrified, came anger. From the anger, my goal was to still get away. And yes, this was unsafe at the time but I did what I could to get away from him. I tried to merge and get in front of as many cars as I could. I cut people off and I squeezed into spots that I know my car wouldn't normally fit. I'm not proud of that, but I felt at the time that it had to be done. 
knowing that the police wouldn't help. I eventually got to the mall and parked as close to the mall entrance as I could. Not to the main entrance, but to the back way that all of the mall workers can go through. I ran down the creepy corridor with flickering lights that barely kept the hall lit. I busted out one of the side doors that peeks through two of the mall stores. I got to the store and ran to the back. I didn't see Bob after that, and I kept a close eye on the storefront. No Bob. Did I get lucky this time? Hours passed by, and still no Bob. Soon days passed by, and just like before all my jobs, there hasn't been any new Bob sighting. I wait to celebrate, though. The last time I tried to celebrate, Bob would come back into my life. So I just went on, working my three jobs. I was struggling with scheduling. Both job one and two added more hours. Getting enough sleep, eating normally, and just trying not to lose my damn mind. The first month of working all three jobs started to get easier to schedule. I can juggle the three a little better. Even though work was getting better, I started to have nightmares. Bob started to invade my mind. At work, I would get anxiety, imagining seeing Bob's face pop up anywhere and everywhere. Every time I would smell cheap cigarettes on a random customer, I would automatically imagine Bob with his yellow smile. I would feel an instant cold consume me. All of the anxiety really stressed me out, not knowing if Bob would appear from behind me. Knowing that it's been a little over a month, I know that Bob will soon make his appearance and I knew that my new boss would have to know. The manager for job three listens and lets me know that I would be protected. Basically the same info that job one and two provided me. The supervisors, after hearing about my stalker, take it as a joke. Again, I'm on the chubby side. And to them, no one of my size could ever even have a stalker. So they mock me and laugh, saying that I should get over myself that I'm just craving attention, and that I'm not pretty enough to get a stalker. I also want to add that job number three has a bunch of size zero model looking employees. Me and my chubby self didn't meet their standards for beauty. Another week goes by, and dressing mostly mannequins, and I ended up catching the eye of a guy who worked the jewelry counter at a jewelry store across the way. This guy only stared and smiled with the occasional wave, he would often bring snacks and food to me. I asked him not to, that it's nice, but not wanted. I was too afraid that if I was nice to the guy, he might take it the wrong way and then end up with another stalker. The jewelry guy wouldn't give up. Yes, he was always persistent, but always nice about it. I did keep telling him that I'm not available or that I'm too busy for a relationship of any kind, but his kind gestures became creepy. Before it can get any creepier, Bob enters the scene. Bob had now found me in my third job. He would come by and stare at me through the window front. He had done this several times throughout the week. He would come and stand by the window. Occasionally, he would be pacing or sitting on the bench in the middle of the walkway, wearing the same ill-fitted suit. I was so busy with work that I hadn't noticed Bob at first. Whenever he would watch through the windows, I was notified about Bob by the jewelry guy. The jewelry guy got protective, and he had tried to lure away Bob. Again, 
Dread had swept through me. Why is he doing this? How did the police not see this as a threat? Will I be safe when I go home? Will my family be safe when I go home? I live at home with my parents because I help take care of them. They really need help going to doctor's appointments and whatnot. This is the reason why I have three jobs. To take care of the bills. It's already been a few months since this started, and I haven't told my family. I just don't want them to know and worry. Yes, they've been in the dark about Bob this whole time. Bob gets brave enough to enter the store and take his time. He would act like it's a game. He would look out from behind the racks, like his own version of Peekaboo, all with little glances and half smiles. By this time, he knows. He knows he's gotten into my head. I feel trapped with him in the vicinity. Soon the other employees take notice. Instead of helping me, they bring him towards me, and they then mock that he's my boyfriend. When he hears this, he lights up. Like if they're his favorite words in the world. Once management gets complaints from the other customers about Bob's creepiness, it starts to really become an issue. I make complaints to the supervisors and I plead for help. But they all just laugh and continue to mock me, even in front of Bob. Bob is okay with it though, because they're feeding his delusional fantasy. Because the supervisors didn't take anything seriously, the complaints got to the manager and upper management. It got so bad that the district manager had to visit the store because no one was addressing the customer's complaints. When the district manager visits, it's camouflaged as a surprise visit. Of course, the district manager is appalled by the attitude and work ethic of the modelist employees. The whole store is not up to par. Everything could also look a whole lot better. When the district manager walks in, he's greeted by employees on the cell phones. Not caring who's in the store, I'm in the back working back stock and working the dressing room, trying to keep everything good and trying to help all of the customers on the floor. Before I can acknowledge the district manager, the jewelry guy comes flying into the store. The jewelry guy apparently knows who the district manager is and immediately requests to speak with him. The two then disappear into the back room. After being made aware of who he is in the store, everyone in the meantime tries to work harder to show that they're capable of working there. Very soon, I get called into the back, and as soon as I walk into the back office, I'm questioned about an older man who demands to see me. From what the district manager was told by all my supervisors and co-workers was that the older man was my boyfriend and had really caused distractions. All of them lied. I was thrown under the bus. This made me angry, angry enough to cry. I spoke up with tears welling in my eyes, telling the district manager everything about my stalker. I had even given him the names and numbers to my two other job managers and that this is an ongoing issue. I also told him to look at the cameras. I had also explained to him how all the other employees and supervisors had only listened to me with deaf ears and made fun of me. The district manager actually listened. He questioned everyone who was working that day. They, of course, all lied for each other. But, of course, complaints that were filed by customers and the jewelry guy weighed in on things, too. The complaints that the district manager was there for didn't only pertain to me. It was also about the other employees and their lack of attention to customers. Sales were down, and management was really slacking on paperwork, 
as well as reporting the correct numbers for inventory. After a one-on-one -on -one with all of the store employees, the district manager came to the conclusion that the store's troubles are not because of the product, but because of the employees, and it helped him weed out all of the bad employees. There was a purge on most of the employees throughout that week. I got to keep my job, and I got the direct number for the district manager if I ever had any problems at the store. In the meantime, Bob was still lurking in the mall. Bob had also been given a copy of my schedule at my third job, so he knew when to be around. Most days I worked two jobs, but today I was scheduled for all three. My day started at 4am for job number one. It started slow but went smoothly. Job number two was fine with no hiccups at 1pm. Job number three started at 6pm and I came into the parking lot. I looked around the parking lot and I didn't see anything suspicious. I walked to the entrance and down the poorly lit hall. When walking through the entrance, the heavy metal door slammed shut. I hadn't seen anything unusual, so I decided to take my time. I just kept going without looking back. The door slammed shut again from behind, and as I was about one quarter of the way down the hall, just thinking that it's another employee, I kept walking. But I did start to walk a little faster. The footsteps behind me sounded like a shuffling sound, the sound of them echoing off the cinder block walls. I took longer strides and a little more of a faster pace. The shuffling sound went from a slow pace to a light jog. My heartbeat started to fasten. I looked back and I saw Bob. He was running towards me in the hall. I quickly turned around and I started to run. I'm not going to let him catch me. He was moving quickly, his shoes hitting the cement floor echoing in the hall. His running sounded like he was coming at me from all directions. I just knew in my head he's going to do something to me and no one would ever know. But before I could get to the end of the hall, the door flew open and security was doing a walkthrough when I then yelled out for help. It took them a second to understand the situation before running towards me. While still running towards them, I looked back and pointed. He's the stalker. He won't leave me alone. And Bob turned around and ran. He was quick, but he wasn't fast enough to outrun security. They had caught him, and they phoned over to my job. The manager who was in the office for the time being took the call. I had let him know what happened. A police report was made, another one for my collection, and I still had no standing ground with the police. Again, there was nothing at all they could do about it. By this time, I knew I had to call home. I just got too scared to be tough anymore. I called home in tears, and I explained to my parents about what happened. They were pretty mad because I never informed them about the stalker, but even more upset because they weren't able to protect me. I wasn't allowed to go anywhere by myself at all. One of my three brothers had to go with me, no matter where I went. I was dropped off at work, and I was picked up at work by one of my brothers. Three jobs for almost two years and on Stalker Watch, it had really started to take its toll. Not only on me, but for those who had to look out for me. My family, my co-workers, security. 
my mind had started to unroll, not only from rude and overprivileged customers, but also the anxiety and stress of knowing that Bob will come back again. I quit all of my jobs. I was unemployed for about a month or two before I got a full-time position for a health insurance company. And by this time, I hadn't seen Bob for a very long time. My security squad was disbanded. No more nightmares with little anxiety. I worked customer care for a medical insurance company. It was nice to be working in a different part of the city, still across town from where I lived. After working there for over four months, I noticed that a random car from patient parking would follow my car around the parking lot. For example, I was always in the employee parking, but parked whenever a spot was available. This one vehicle that was parked in patient parking, one day is parking way too close or next to my vehicle the following day. I was cautious, but I thought of it as another worker somewhere in a different department. Besides, no one could follow me into the building because a keycard was needed. When I got done with work, so was the other occupant of the other vehicle. And no, it wasn't the same vehicle as my stalker, but they had always followed me towards my home. At first, it would follow me to the freeway. The following day, it got into the freeway, but got off before the interchange. The next day, however, it would get onto the interchange, but then it would get off soon after. Then it would almost follow me home. I didn't want to assume that it was a stalker, but going across the city to my home, I would often go different ways through the side streets and main streets. I ended up finding out where the police stations were. This vehicle would stop mid-city at first and then follow a little further each time. Once I pulled into the police station parking lot, the car would turn around and leave. I would wait in the parking lot for about 30 minutes before going home. It got to a point where I had to tell my supervisor. Security was kept on lookout for the vehicle and cops were notified. And yet again, they told me they couldn't do anything. The vehicle that had followed me had stopped. By this time, I had almost made it to a full year at this job. After finding another full-time job with better benefits, I quit this one. The new job was located further from my last job, at the very edge of the city, borderline into the next city. I was working for a medical supply company. It was an office job, on and off the phones. We were able to see new patients who needed instructions on how to use certain equipment, patient consultation. After working this job for a few months, that's when a surprise came. Bob came in, needing a fitting for some equipment. He recognized me through the glass. My desk was in the area where we can see the walk-ins and then notify whomever was able to help with the walk-ins. My job was mostly working with patient insurance. When I saw him, I got so scared. It felt like all of the blood drained from my body, and my co-workers noticed. Everything that I had gotten over immediately came back within 10 seconds. My supervisor pulled me into the break room around the corner and out of sight of the window. I had to let him know about Bob and what had happened the last few years. I was struggling to keep back tears and not have a panic attack. My supervisor calmed me down before heading to the manager's office. He told the manager, I was able to stay in the break room 
and then just wait until Bob left. Bob didn't leave with ease. He had asked questions about me. No answers were given. When Bob left, I was able to get back to work, and shortly after, I was called into the manager's office. There I explained what happened in the past. Every time, I was seconds away from a panic attack. This time, though, I was able to go into a full panic attack. Bob kept coming back. This time, he wasn't going to let me go. Bob had started to come back with complaints of ill-fitted equipment and saying that pieces were missing. My manager had to stand next to me by my cubicle and stare down Bob. My manager would tell me to keep my head down and did not look up. One day, when I went to have lunch in my car because the break room was full, Bob was waiting outside in his car. Then I noticed it. It was the same car that kept following me in my last job. It was the same vehicle. It was Bob. He casually got out of his vehicle and walked over to mine. I quickly locked the doors. What should I do? He has something in his hand. Is it a weapon? Am I going to die today? I try to calm my mind. Bob just stands there and says, I finally found you. I got scared and I called my manager, panicking. I told him about how Bob was outside of my vehicle. The manager came outside to escort me back in. I quickly fled with my manager back into the building. My manager put his arm around me and made sure to get my purse and he had also locked my car for me. I was comforted by my other co-workers, and my manager called the cops. About five minutes had passed. Bob had come into the building raging and screaming. He said that he was always there for me. How dare I go into the arms of other men? The other employees in the previous management who were all male, he saw them as threats. That sent him off and fueled his rage. Hell, Any guy I smiled at in general sent him off. He said how he followed me to make sure I was safe, that I couldn't get away from him. He then went off on another rant about how he imagined us being together, that he knew he found the one when he first saw me smile at him in the store, how that made him feel more than what any other woman has ever made him feel, that we could be together no matter what. At the time, my manager kept telling me just to not listen. While on the phone with the cops, I got angry again. I'm not going to be scared. I then got up and went to the window. I ended up telling this guy off that I wasn't scared anymore. I called him sad and lonely, that no one wanted him, and I said some more mean things. Everything offensive to him, I said it. My manager pulled me away and asked me to go to the break room. He needed me to cool down. I for sure thought I was going to be fired. When right then, my manager walked in. He said that Bob got arrested. Destruction of property. He tried to shatter the window, and he had trashed the front door. I got asked to leave early, and to be ready for work the following day. I went home with my head held high. I beat him. I finally fucking beat him. The very next morning, I went to work, feeling on top of the world because I finally confronted Bob. The day was going good, until late morning. My deskmate got a panicked phone call from her wife. Since my deskmate's wife was battling cancer, the phone call sent her chills. It wasn't the cancer, 
she went into remission. She got the good news from a doctor. She went to the mall to celebrate. She was hysterical and crying. But she had witnessed an older gentleman committing suicide in the mall. She stated that the older man climbed over the rails and how he was crying and saying that the love of his life renounced their love, that she had denied his love and didn't even want to give him a chance, that he was heartbroken and he had no other reason to live. He wanted to make sure that there were witnesses to his broken heart. He pulled out a knife from his pocket and he swiped it across his neck. He then fell head first off the second story. He landed on the ground head first. A loud pop had echoed through the mall. His body had landed near the children's merry-go-round. When my deskmate's wife described the man, she described Bob. I was really filled with happiness because he was gone, but also guilt, as he probably had a lot of issues, and I didn't know how to deal with his feelings. But because law enforcement didn't pay attention or didn't want to help for several years, this guy went about thinking what he did was normal. I'm not really sure if he had a family of his own, and there was little to no coverage by local news media. I never did get to know his actual name. I thought I would be okay after this. It's been 10 years since all of this happened. I'm going to therapy for it. I'm finding out that this was nowhere near my fault, but I still feel guilty. Always watch out for people. There really are some crazies out there.